noticing all the movements in the body and the mind, all the movements in the heart, and watching out for that habit, thinking I have to practice, I have to meditate. useful to begin with our deeper value, this wholesome trusting of love, having a loving relationship with the, all these movements in the body, in the heart, in the mind. This is nature, this, these movements here. So just sitting here is an act of love and courage and also an act of play. Allowing everything to move, allowing the sensitive heart to be touched. And acknowledging the confidence that this willingness to relax, to be kind is good, it's trustworthy, feels right. And it's in this context of love and relaxation that we're more likely to notice when any of those ancient patterns of over-efforting or giving up naturally arise because of the force of habit. It's not really personal, but those tendencies that were talked about last night around effort, they're going to manifest, trying too hard, wanting to give up. So instead we feel what they feel like when they show up acknowledge it's like this, seeing them as a movement in the heart, something that is felt and seen and understood as a movement that comes and goes. As one of the Thai forest monks said, it's just another thing in the forest just another thing in the forest of our hearts, in the wilderness, in the nature of the heart, mind and body. Just another thing coming and going, 
doesn't have to be a drama, even if it is intense or strong as an experience that's coming and going, juicy or difficult. Just another thing in the forest of my heart coming and going. And this is how we water that first essential value of kindness and relaxation. We're on the lookout because we care. We're on the lookout for those oppressive habits around practice. All those fixed ideas around a should. It's not like those thoughts are bad, but using them as an oppressive force on the body and mind, heart, that doesn't help. really only when there's some degree of kindness and relaxation where curiosity, this receptive interest, this interest in being more and more intimate, entering the stream of our experiencing is possible, allowing things to come and go and be known. Including the underlying feelings that come and go, the pleasantness and the unpleasantness and the neutrality of the experiences, this river of feeling that the heart opens to and learns to trust as a movement of nature. Now it feels like this. And even from time to time when needed to drop the question in, well, what's the feeling here? Oh, feels like this now. It's just another feeling moving here in the heart, in the body, in the mind. Can this be okay? that this feeling is moving. Is it possible to be curious, to be intimate, to let it express itself as a movement, something that comes and goes? And other more subtle experiences that you might begin to notice are just that sense of volition, that sense of doing something. Those are also natural movements in the heart, the impulse to do, to fix, to become, So we don't need to be afraid of those volitional or at times willful movements of the heart. 
I need to get this mind together. I need to drop this story. I'm going to give up. Intention is always expressing itself in the heart and mind, felt even in the body. We don't need to be afraid of intention. We just want to understand it as a movement of nature due to so many causes and conditions, past conditioning. These intentions arise, sometimes are noticed. And it's so interesting how they can come and go and intentions do not necessarily have to be acted on. Instead, there's always the possibility of just feeling what it feels like for an intention to arise there in the body, heart, mind, and then pass away. So we have the value of kindness, relaxation. We have the value of curiosity, a willingness to be intimate. The heart willing to be touched by what's coming and going. And we have this value bringing in wisdom. Everything's moving, this conditional dance, lawful dance of causes and conditions playing itself out, which really means that it matters how the heart shows up, how the mind relates. It's part of this conditional dance we call the present moment. It matters how the heart-mind is relating, how it's showing up with a lot of self-importance, with their consequences to that attitude. Seeing this movement of the present moment as nature, there are really liberating consequences to be viewing, seeing the moment in that way. So a question you can drop in from time to time, what's moving here? What streams of experiencing are flowing here in the heart, in the present moment? Should I relate to these streams of experiencing with friction? And what's that like? When I relate to these streams of experiencing 
with wisdom, knowing this is nature, not afraid, not trying to own it, then what does that set in motion? Oh, this is freedom. So let's continue now in silence.
just a couple comments before a little time for Q&A. You probably are noticing that we're deep in the heart of the retreat now. And uh, one of the qualities we tend to notice is not just moments of feeling settled, but moments of greater sensitivity. Everything is amplified. The peace and calm in moments can be seem really profound and big and trustworthy. And the agitation, restlessness, fear, other emotional qualities that we wouldn't consider pleasant can also seem quite big. And to, just to be encouraged to respect it's like we've really given ourselves to this practice, as mysterious as it might seem, simple and really difficult as it is. And then there are natural consequences to having given ourselves to the practice. And those natural consequences are the way it is now for each of us, right? This is, we receive kind of the sensitivity the beauty, the challenges that come with having a more refined, sensitive, kind, curious heart. But we're aware of so much more. So just an encouragement as we continue through this retreat to just trust the movements. And really, it's not just the depth of awareness, but it's also the breath. Like we're in this space together. We're in this soup together. And we're feeling everything. You know, we're not just feeling our own calm, but we're also riding and benefiting from everybody else's calm and settledness. And we're not just opening to our own agitation, but we're also <laughs> sensitive everything that's moving around us in other people's hearts and minds. And it can make us in a really beautiful way more sensitive as we move about the space, how we open and close doors, how we do that dance in the narrow passageways like between the dining hall and where we put our dishes away. There's a, such a beautiful little dance right in that, you know, where we're interacting with people without words, but just navigating space and also coming into the meditation hall and other spaces. And, and even as we relate to the rules and the guidelines, like not showering before 5 a.m. And uh, just that sensitivity, how we move, how we can care for everybody. It's really a way of practicing for the whole world. Like, whatever degree we can <clears throat> abide here with more and more kindness and sensitivity and responsivity, taking care of everybody. <clears throat> That's, those are the qualities we'll need, the whole world needs and we'll need when we return in a few days. So we have some time now for questions that might have come up in your practice. What comes to mind? Yes, please. I've heard of the mantra or the phrase, I see you, Mara. And I 
feel like she's like, or he is like all up in my head. Um, but then I'm like, is this really Mara? So I don't know if I want to use that phrase. And I also feel like I get in that space of trying to balance investigating a difficult experience and then getting to the point where I just need a break from it and like just wanting to stay with the breath because I'm like, okay, I'm tired of this. Or, you know, like, you know, like if I keep on, I'm going to like maybe just take a nap the next sitting instead of coming into the hall. So what are some suggestions on like dealing with Mara or like very difficult emotions? Yeah, it's a great comment. So the person was talking about a common phrase in the discourses and the suttas um, from the Buddha, actually, which is sort of itself interesting that the Buddha, an awakened, wise person, would have to say, I see you, Mara, right? That See the, those aspects of the heart that are moving that are not trustworthy, not in the direction of release. You know, when, when there's identification, when the mind gets grasped, takes personally those movements, then suffering will be set in motion. That's what Mara as a metaphor, as an aspect of the mind, right? Because we're translating these stories, these mythologies really, or whatever you want to call them, these teachings into ways to better understand our own heart. And so the comment was understanding the time, like when to turn toward and look at and investigate and when to take a break, I think you said. And that's a interesting place in practice because we'll make mistakes and it's actually maybe inevitable to make mistakes where we'll stay with some investigation too long, even though if we had maybe a little bit a wider awareness, we might have noticed that the mind was getting exhausted and the mind was sort of losing its stability and clarity and we're starting to personalize the investigation so it becomes maybe more of a struggle. Like I'm looking at you in order to make you go away. And then, but we could tell just in how you phrased your sharing with us that you must be seeing some of that exhaustion like the mind losing its balance, right? So that's also something being known. Basically recognizing, oh, the mind, the heart, doesn't know how to be intimate without identification, without getting pushed around by Mara, by whatever habit pattern has arisen here in the body, mind, in the heart. Maybe it would be skillful to turn away. And that's a powerful move. It's really important, like as a bit of information right now, to realize that turning away from what's difficult at the right time, in the right way, can be a very powerful move. (laughs) Even the Buddha, there's a story with the monks kind of arguing about some relatively petty thing. And then it's just sort of exploding in the Sangha, in the monastic Sangha, and things got really divisive. And the Buddha gave some advice, but they didn't really listen. No one really listened to the Buddha. So he just took off and did a private retreat <laughs> deep in the forest. I think, as the story goes, it was just him and an elephant <laughs> who would feed the Buddha, you know, pull fruit down from the tree and share it with the Buddha. And 
And I think it's, it's sort of a metaphor for us that sometimes when there's a storm, the appropriate move, dharma move, is to be interested to sort of so-called lean in. Oh, what's this? What's moving? What's being felt? What's the underlying feeling here? Is this nature, just a movement of nature, or does it feel personal? Is there greed in the mind, in the heart, moving? Is there aversion or fear moving? What's that feel like? Is that helping or not helping? Not that you need all those questions, but periodically it can be helpful to drop in a question like that. But it's also a profound move in seeing something moving in our heart, seeing something that seems seductive, seems likely, or not even that. But it's also a profound move to notice the blueness of the sky or to open to hearing or to feel the next breath coming in and going out, even though there's something really predominant. And in a way that could be interpreted by the mind as dangerous. But what does it mean to the heart when there's something that might be dangerous to say, you know, I'll return later, but not now. That itself is a powerful statement. And this relates maybe in some ways to what Devin was talking about last night, that very powerful story of people sitting at the East Bay Meditation Center when there's a lot moving in the streets and of course a lot moving in the meditators and the meditation hall just feet away. But there's something about knowing when to step up, when to respond, and when when it's skillful to put things down. Because there's something, when, when you talk to people who've been practicing for a while and you ask them to share moments of insight where the mind sees something, the heart opens to something that it hasn't seen or opened to before. It often happens when the heart is fresh, not when the heart has been sort of feeling oppressed by the situation or beaten down, exhausted by the situation. And so that freshness comes from being able to put things down and pick them up. So one way to do that, when there is something big, Mara is in the room asking for attention, look at me, look at me, I'm relevant, right? Is to ask, well, what else can be known here? What else is here in the body and mind and the heart? What else is moving here that can be noticed and acknowledged and received and relaxed into intimate with, being intimate with. And we're not saying that you're not relevant, Mara. We're just saying that this is also, neutrality is also relevant. It's also part of my lived experience. It also needs to be included. Beauty is also relevant. What's sweet and beautiful and pleasant in the moment, however faint that might be relative to the big storm that's in the room, but the beauty and the goodness and the ease, it's also relevant. And this is an interdependent experience we're having. So by noticing ease, it changes the experience of agitation or mara, or what seems big and hairy and monstrous. If the mind is aware of ease or love, 
or release or peace, then everything else is affected by noticing those other people (laughs) or qualities in the room with Mara. There is Mara. Mara in one form or another is always in the room. Part of the awakening process is realizing it's okay for Mara to be in the room. We don't need a lived experience that doesn't have Mara in the room. But that takes a little bit of you know, practice, being at peace with the imperfections of our own heart, so to speak, or the movements, the whole package of what's moving out there in what we call the world and in here and what we call the heart, that everything belongs, right? That's the direction we're going. But there's this stance of like really letting Mara take center stage, bringing as much courage and interest and love, courage and uh, compassion rather, to the work and bringing in wisdom, Mara's nature. This is just nature, it's just a movement of nature. It has its causes and conditions, right? We do that dance with Mara, and then sometimes we do the dance with whatever else is in the room, whatever else is available in the moment. Yeah, thanks for the comment. Time for one more question. Any other practice question in the room? Well then, let's just let go of the words. Just sit together for a few seconds. Wishing you all a good day of practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.